How'd you get JD McKissick for zero dollars? JD McKissick. Oh my lord. Yeah, that that is probably one of the greatest heists, if not the greatest in fantasy football history. Fantasy football history? I mean that might be one of the greatest heists in the history of the world. I'm gonna ha- I'm I'm gonna have to put you on hold for a little bit if that's okay. Why? Sammy's calling. It's an no, emergency. It's an emergency. I'll call you right back. It's not an emergency. It is. <laughs> Hi, beautiful. Hello and welcome to the Big Time League Motherfuckers Podcast. We've been off for two weeks and it's been all Eric's fault and today I'm back without Eric because he has been a drag on this podcast and the quality of this league so I'm moving right on without him and recording it and giving you, the listeners, the content you want. Yes, we won't have the analytical mind Eric but who the hell even listened to him? So we'll hop right into it. Last week was an exciting week of action. Um, you know, we had some of the worst play in league history, and we had some great play. Uh, let's go and view these game recaps. First game, we had Josh, the boss, Larry, take on Jose Benjamin Chayette. Um, this game was clearly rigged from the start. Uh, Josh only got a mere 70-ish points. Jose got 104. I'll take the loss. I'm 2-1. I'm sin. You know, I'm... Oh no, Shem, two and two. Hmm. I'm still tied for third. That's better than I thought I'd be at this point in the year. Uh, so I'm happy about that. Jose's two and two. Um, all that matters is that I have more wins than Pardo this year. Um, but Jose's team, Le'Veon Bell, finally played well. Jar- I, you know, I sound like Eric. I'm not going to go through the freaking players. All I have to say is Jose's a pompous guy from Penn. He's acting like he's not taking you seriously, but the fact is he takes everything very seriously. He just wants you to think he's not taking anything seriously. So watch out. Don't be deceived by him. Um, but I got to give him props. He did beat me this week. On to the next. We're going to the Shamaya Amit versus Adam Bulo. So... Bulo is going to come on later and call, and he's probably going to say, oh, my team's really good, and I'm going to have a really good second half run. But what I see, Bulo, is you're in seventh place. You've lost the game. You're one and three, and you really have no chance of coming back. I mean, you still have Tyreek Hill as your picture, and he's not even on your team anymore. So that tells me how serious you're taking this game uh, and, and this league and your team. Uh, so good on Shamaya. Don't worry, we're not done with you this podcast. Next game summary: We have Eric, who took a big L. Oh no, he actually won. Um, he beat Hunting Snowflakes. Now, see, the, this is ironic. The week after Adam Scharf makes supposedly a great trade for Aaron Rodgers, I guess Aaron Rodgers did go off, but the rest of his team stunk it up like a Mississippi outhouse. Um, Eric, even though he says, oh, Larry, I don't have time for the podcast. I'm busy. 
Apparently you have time to make fantasy football moves and set a decent lineup. Um, Eric got won the Jordy Nelson lottery. Uh, he was going between Sharp. He was going between below. Eric ended up with him. He ended up with, I think, besides, for a flex player, the most points scored since that trade happened. So it looks like Eric has won the trade. But Eric is also 1-3. and three. I know he even called dog shit. That's why I don't think he wants to be on this podcast anymore. Um, because, one, he can't contribute in terms of uh, having a good fantasy football team. And, two, he can't even contribute when it comes to pickup of the week. So, you know, that's why I think Eric's, you know, oh, well, I'm too busy. Actually, he's just too embarrassed that he can't say anything positive about himself on this podcast. You can tell I'm angry this podcast. Number three, we have Jake Posnock and the Limp Dick Lurries led by Adam Sloan. Now, I really wanted Jake to win. I usually cheer for Jake. He's a tragic hero in my eyes when it comes to fantasy football. Uh, If I think about our league and I have to attribute everyone... Uh, you know, a say a movie character. Jake is the Forrest Gump of our league. He's the guy that you want to score, you know, playing for Alabama, you want him to score that kick return touchdown. But at the end of the day, do you actually respect the intellect, the moves he makes? He'll surprise you sometimes, for sure. And I know this is going to bite me in the ass and it'll probably beat me to get in the playoffs or something this year. But this week, Jake... Basically, up until Monday night, Jake had the fourth lowest points scored all time in big-time league motherfuckers history since we started keeping those stats, since 2012. Fourth lowest points scored. Now, this is a guy that begged us to be in the league. This, this isn't a right to be in the league. This is a privilege. And we gave this man the privilege to be in our league. And then he does this. I mean, if it wasn't for, I'd say... Up until the literally the last play, literally the last play of week of week four of NFL football, Jake had the fourth lowest points ever scored. And then on some mess up by the Washington Redskins of lateraling the ball, trying to get a last minute touchdown, they fumbled, and the Chiefs took it in for a touchdown. Back to Cousins, he cannot catch it. It's on the ground. Picked up by Jordan Reed, now Thompson. Kansas City has it. This might be meaningful to some. Jake was vaulted to the ninth lowest uh, point scored out of the bottom five. Um, You know, and that happens. Um, I, I just don't like that. These little details, you know. The, the little sinews in the, in the meat of history um, are going to get lost over time. So that's why I'm happy we have this podcast. So we all remember Jake actually sucks balls and he was bailed out by Justin Houston being an asshole and taking a touchdown on the last play of the game against a demolished Redskins team. As for Sloan, listen, this is what I think about Sloan. Yeah, he won. The man said, I don't have time for fantasy football. I'm too busy doing job apps. Sloan, you got a return offer from Ernst and Young. Don't freaking complain about job apps and not pay attention to fantasy football. You know, when you decline that job, you know full well you need to dedicate the same amount of time to fantasy football as if you take it or don't. So don't start using that excuse, uh, you know, to not pay attention to fantasy football. Um, you know, don't, don't be a crybaby. Oh, I didn't like the return offer I got, so now I can't play fantasy football as well. Bullshit. Bullshit. We're all going through this shit. Step your game up. 
Don't freaking start Derrick Henry, a backup running back, scoring 0.7 points. When you have Jaquiz Rogers, you have Jamal Williams, you have Rob Kelly on your bench. All easy starters over Derrick Henry. Slow and your game up and stop making excuses. This is, you know, Adam Scherfel backing up here. This is what they teach on liberal campuses like Berkeley. They teach you you can make excuses and you can get through life and it's all going to be okay and you're still going to have a six-figure salary afterwards. They don't mention fantasy football, but they should. And so you need to start paying the fuck attention. Now, we're going on what shouldn't be. What really shouldn't be. But he is. Every single year. I don't know why. It shouldn't even it shouldn't even be called an underdog anymore. That's like the wrong word for it. It shouldn't be like a dark horse. That's the wrong word for it. You know, if the New England Patriots make the playoffs every year, that's not a dark horse. They do it every year. Yeah, they don't have players you think are good. Yeah, they don't, you know, necessarily have the same running backs every year. Their defense switching up a lot. But you know Bill Belichick's running the helm. And in terms of our league, Alex Artenstein is running the fucking helm. Everyone laughed in his face last year when he drafted Willie Sneed. Willie Sneed went off. Everyone laughed in his face last year when he traded me Gronk for Andy Dalton. Probably a bad trade. He still ended up better than I did. Everyone laughed at him this year when he drafted Carson Palmer in the fourth round of our draft. And yeah, in retrospect, that was a bad move. But the man scored 119 points this week, more than anyone else in the league, and he's 4-0. So everyone on the Alex Arnstein hype train, anyone who doesn't know how we do it, you know, I, okay, I don't know how he does it. I can't be luck at this point, but I would urge anyone who's standing in this man's path to either hop on his back or get the fuck out of the way because Alex Arnstein's coming for you, he's coming for your family, he's coming for all of your loved ones, and this man shows no remorse. He doesn't have a team picture because he doesn't want you to see him coming. As for Gabe, the unfortunate Des Pasitos, one and three. Gabe, let, let, me, let me just read you a text that Gabe sent me. So, quote, I'm quoting Gabriel Fetterman, a man who is on scholarship at USC. They pay him money to go here. He starts a text, under case S. So whack. That's not a good representation of a university, but I'll allow it. So whack. I am fourth place in points forced, and first in points allowed. First of all, I don't know what points forced means. I've never heard that term in my life. I kind of like it, but it's a little weird. I think he actually just mentioned try four, and he didn't care enough to change it from forced. And first in points allowed. Guess what, Gabe? Boo fucking who? You know who's first all time in points allowed? Since 2012? Yeah, you guessed it. You're listening to him. Most points scored in a game. Now that's something that you can't control, is it? That's something that it happens to you. You're going to lose. 
but you can't control it. Let's see who's have not not most points overall. Okay, if, if you don't like that statistic, even though it's the best statistic, you know that uh, you know that's me. Obviously, I didn't even realize this. In 2013, I was had two games left. One win away from a playoff berth. Week 13, Gabriel Fetterman, the man who's complaining right now, scores 165.9 points on me. Fourth most all time. The following week, I just need a win. Shemaya scores 180 points on me, the most all time. That is fucking ridiculous. Fourth and first consecutive weeks, and I've never complained about it, Gabe. And also, fast forward to 2016. Eric Arnstein, week one, 165.9 points. Third, or tied for third most all time with tied for third, for third Gabe. Back up to 2014, week 10. Eric scores 158.6 points on me. Four out of the top five most points in a game have been against me. The most points all time scored have been against me. So, Gabe, I don't know what the fuck you're complaining about. I really understand why Sharf gets mad at these liberal snowflakes now. Seriously. We had some big trades this week. We had a trade. The first trade of the week was uh, between Adam Scharf and Adam Vila. And this one was one that rocked uh, the fantasy world because I don't think anyone's had a trade with Vila in many years. He's the AJ Preller of the fantasy world. People are blacklisting him. No one trusts a trade with Adam Vila. But Vila was in such a weak position because of his horrible draft and all his players got injured because of his horrible maintenance staff training staff that he that Sharf thought he, he would get a good trade off him and, and I'll, I'll leave it up to the <coughs> listener to decide and now we have on Adam Bulo so here we have Adam Bulo was a one time champion of the league all time champion what are you talking about according to big time league at least two on the trophy I'll see that you have two championships and I definitely have more from before the trophy era but this season, you're a big choker. I mean, I, I'd say Adam Bulow is the person who drafted the worst, is dropping the most players he's drafted, um, and his team's in shambles. Adam, care to comment? What's been going on this season? You know, listen, you and I both know that's a load of horse dumb, okay? Because I had the best draft. I think everybody can see that I had the best draft now, even with multiple studs getting injured, which is why my team is called the Injured Reserves. <laughs> I'm still right in the thick of things, and by some crafty trading where I ripped off half the league, I somehow still have my, even despite Chris Carson, and David Johnson, and Alan Robinson, and Greg Olson going down. But in particular, despite two running backs going down, my running backs are still LaShawn McCoy, Lamar Miller, and Doug Martin. So somebody messed up, and it wasn't me. It was all the rest of you guys. What, what's, what's been going through your mind when you've just been seeing your players fall in the line of battle because they don't care enough? It's business as usual for me. I've just <laughs> had the worst luck and I still, and I still always win because... Yeah, has there ever been teams you've had where... You guys let me get the best free agent pickups or you guys let me rip you off in trades right in front of your face. So I, I don't see why this year would be any different. So expect to see me in the playoff hunt. I mean, I don't know why I would, why I would pick up Chris Carson for the amount of money you spent on him. 
when I, everyone knew he was going to get injured. The writing was on the wall. I spent zero dollars on him. This was before the season started. Nobody knew who he was. You got me there. So, so what's your team strategy now? Well, the only part of my team that I see is my wide receiver two, Randall Cobb. But after Danny Trevathan, who is an angel from up above, laid that hit on Devontae Adams. That actually could work out for me. So, <laughs> I mean, you only have, was it, four players starting in the top 20. One's a quarterback, so that doesn't really count. One's a defense. One's a tight end. Those don't really count. The only real flex player you have, top 20, is Lamar Miller. I mean, you're starting a running back who's ranked 120th overall. What, what's the thinking there? <laughs> They're rated by how many points they've scored this season and Doug Martin hasn't played yet. Let's not get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and second of all, listen, those rankings don't mean jack squat okay now i remember we gotta look this up we gotta look it up but i made the best ripoff trade in the history of etlmf what is it uh, with alex arnstein alex arnstein trades robert gronkowski and victor cruz for you're gonna love it mike tolbert san diego running back and montario hardesty cleveland running back Listen, I mean, and, and if I recall, Victor Cruz also just fucking beasted it up. That Victor Cruz in 2011 had 1,500 yards and nine touchdowns. <laughs> How did Gronk do? For Gronkowski oh, had thir- right, 1,300 yards and 17 touchdowns. Yeah, listen, I'm telling you guys, I've been doing this I've been doing this for a long time now. It's not the first time I've ripped people off in trades. Wait. And Sean and Eric are about to find out right now. Mike Tolbert, 2011. 490 yards. He did get eight touchdowns, but he got 490 yards. I bet most of those were before I traded him, too, though. That's why you wanted him. Oh, my God. And Montario Hardesty, Lord help him. He only played two years. He retired after 2012. (laughs) And he was age 24 at the time. He had 266 yards and no touchdowns on the season. Oh, shout out to Gabe, by the way. Why? trade, Trade refusal of the week. What do you um, refuse? I trade. I gave, I proposed to him earlier in the week. I proposed to Gabe earlier in the week. Lamar Miller for DeAndre Hopkins. Gabe replied promptly within maybe ten seconds with "suck my dick." <laughs> Plain and simple. That's it. That's all he said back. Trade number one. Adam Bilo trades. He sends Aaron Rodgers, Tyreek Hill, and Frank Gore. And he receives Jordy Nelson, Keenan, Jordan Reed, and Amir Abdullah from Sharf. Oh, yeah. Here, here, here's basically what I was thinking. I needed, to, I needed to just get way better players. Tyreek Hill I obviously like, but, you know, I think he was at the peak of his value, honestly, with how well he was performing at the beginning of the season. Aaron Rodgers, he's a fucking beast. There's no doubt about it. I mean, obviously, I didn't want to have to do it, but I'm pretty confident in Stafford as being, you know, sixth six best quarterback in the league or so. Uh, in my opinion. And then just the players I got back. I mean, the only reason I did this trade, by the way, is because I knew I was going to flip Keenan Allen to Eric afterwards. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's no way he's going to end up on my side. Eric was trying to trade with Sharp to get Keenan Allen, but I swooped in there knowing I could get players I wanted and swap Keenan Allen back out. But the reason I did the trade in the first place is I just thought I was getting a lot of good value back. 
Amir Abdullah is ten times better than Frank Gore, but you know that's fine. And then Jordan Reed's huge because I don't have a tight end right now because Greg Olson's hurt. Jason Witten blows. Um, you know, so Jordan Reed pickup if he can get healthy, maybe second half of the season that'll actually be really good for me. Okay, so now the second trade that Bilo pulled off. So you you flipped Keenan Allen. You sent Keenan Allen, Amir Abdullah. You sent Jordy Nelson, who you just received, and Tariq Cohen for LaShawn, Lamar, and Dez. I mean, listen, LaShawn, LaShawn McCoy, Lamar Miller, Dez Bryant. I mean, that that's a big haul right there. I mean, LaShawn McCoy, I mean, after David Johnson going down, that's just huge for my team in general. Lamar Miller, very, very solid running back. I did want to trade him originally just because my weakest position right now is wide receiver two, and I felt like Chris Carson was going to be good. But now that Chris Carson's out, I'm actually really glad that I did not trade Lamar Miller away. So now my running backs are still very solid, despite all the injuries. It's LaShawn McCoy, Lamar Miller, and Doug Martin. And depending on how Doug Martin does, he could be a real beast in the second half. So you essentially, you traded Aaron Rodgers, Tariq Hill, and Frank Gore, and you received Jordan Reed, LaShawn McCoy, Lamar Miller, and Des Bryant. That sounds good to me. What do you think? Yeah, that's pretty good. Any words you want to send to your opponent this week? Adam Sharp. Well, here's the thing. I think Sharp would have had a much better chance to win if he didn't trade me that ridiculous trade, which he now ended up getting ripped off. I mean, listen, I think this is going to be a really easy win for me. But really, shouts out to Eric and Sharp, MVPs, for giving me a shot back in this league. Because I was dead in the water with my lineup. You know, and now they really just gave me that extra juice. Thanks for calling in. All right. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Riveting perspective from Adam Bilo. And now we'll bring on Counterpoint, since we can't have Eric in the studio because he's quote-unquote busy. We'll bring in Adam Sharf, who did the first trade with Bilo, to learn more about his perspective. Hey, welcome to the show, Adam Sharf. Happy to have you. Oh, gosh, I bet. I know you're going to bed, so I just need your hot take. Bilo just went off about how you, quote, were ge- was generous enough to let him get back into this league and submit to his trade dominance like that. What's your hot take? I mean, like, I, you know, honestly, like, I'm sad to hear him say that because I thought that we had negotiated a pretty good and fair deal. I think I was getting the top quarterback when that's what I needed. I think I was giving up um, a, a couple of one very good receiver unquestionably but I was getting in return another very good receiver um, and uh, yeah I mean I think overall it was a pretty fair fair deal I thought Bilo so he definitely got Dory Nelson was the best player in the trade there's no question um, but when you look at you know who I have on my bench I had Devon Diggs I had Sheldon Mike Evans and I was getting tired to kill um, so I, it's not like I'm giving up you know my only good receiver I still have three top ten receivers I say um, but then I was starting in a quarterback that gives me 10 points every week like you know a, a recent trend I've noticed with Bilo is not taking um, you know things in, in the context that they're you know necessarily best taken in and so in this situation the context is that I have it as Cam Newton who got 10 points a week for me and then I have Stephon Diggs Mike Evans and I'm getting very kill so but I think that's my hot take. You have to optimize for your position. And what do you think about Bilo? Do you think he 
as he said, came out like a bandit when he basically, he essentially traded Aaron Rodgers, Tyreek Hill, and Frank Gore for Jordan Reed, LaShawn McCoy, Lamar Miller, and Des Bryant. Yeah, no, I thought that was, I, I texted Eric, I texted Eric that he, um, I texted Eric actually, I can, Eric can show you the, the text review, I texted Eric that, I thought Eric, essentially, I don't remember the exact version that I used, but really dominated that trade there, um, because, first of all, I mean, Lamar Miller, we both said, pretty good potential, you gotta get. Sean McCoy, I'm not so sure, he's very back and forth all the time, um, and people was giving up Jordy Nelson, who's the best player involved in any one of these trades. And I don't know, I just didn't really think that he got very much back. Um, not, not enough to justify it, at least. So I thought he, you know, it was a poor trade on Bilo's part with Eric. Um, I think in the end of the day, I think at the end of the day, objective, regardless of who everyone has on the team, Eric probably got the best end of the deal. I probably got the second best end, and Bilo probably got the third best end. I think when you factor in who, you know, I mean, like, Keenan Allen's going to get injured in a couple weeks anyway, so. Yeah, no, that's what I was like, okay, I got Keenan Allen, I can sell him hot, sell him hot. <laughs> Any week he's healthy, you're selling him hot. And then, <laughs> we got, we got two, more, two more questions for you. One, there was a big drama concerning Shamaya and trade talks this week. Do you think liberal snowflakes are infiltrating this league and how we do business? <laughs> and if so... What, how should we respond? Yeah, I was a little menopause if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now actually two more things. One, what do you think of the proposal to uh, give players points if they take a kneel for the anthem? That sounds dumb. But it would be interesting, for sure. I mean, <laughs> I guess, but like, we could think of a bunch of really interesting things that would make our league interesting, but, like, not reflect what fantasy football is supposed to reflect. Oh, I guess it would start incorporating morality into fantasy football. No, not morality. social justice. No, 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 I'm not saying morality. (laughs) I'm saying saying that would not reflect, like, like passing the ball into the end zone. No, I know, but I think think we should start incorporating social justice into fantasy football. (laughs) Please just let me play fantasy in peace. Please just let me play my fantasy football in peace <laughs> away from all the, the political shit show. Oh, you know, that's classic white privilege there. You get to ignore the problems. You get to ignore them. You know, and it's actually kind of racist that you're, you're saying that I have white privilege <laughs> given um, my, my clear not-white uh, ancestry. Um, given that my, my family actually comes from uh, the Middle East and Latin America, so um, I find that quite offensive, Josh. Damn it, I was just basing it off your skin color. That's, that's racist. <laughs> <laughs> final question. Uh, or two final questions. No, actually, final question. Please tell me you've hooked up with someone, because we don't have a hookup of the week right now. But I've hooked up with someone? No. I'm actually... Uh, I actually have not hooked up with someone this week or last week. 
Damn it, surf. Okay. Um, now I'll let you go to bed. Thanks for calling in. <laughs> you called me. <laughs> oh, last question, last question. Do you have any warring words for your opponent, Adam Bilo, this week, who smeared you on this podcast, and you're going to find out about that tomorrow? Now that I'm thinking about this, you're almost 100% over-exaggerating that, Larry. There's what? no way Bilo just hopped on and went off. You don't... No, 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 sharp. He was going off on the trade. He's like, he basically said, he no, no, he he basically he said, I'm so glad Sharp submitted to my trade dominance and allowed me to get back in this league. I don't know why he was so generous, but I basically fucked him. Wait, you actually said that? Yeah. He's delusional. He's actually <laughs> delusional. No, that's that's what he said. That's why he was smearing you on the podcast. I mean, what did he get out of it? He got like, uh, um, gosh, yeah, I don't, I think you're full of crap. No, 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 I'm going to send you the audio when we're done. I'll send you the raw audio. Oh my gosh. Because, dude, what did Bilo, I'm, I'm going to go to his team right now and just see what it is that he got out of it. And I think that it's hysterical if you actually just look at the big picture. Because what did he get? He got Sean McCoy. <coughs> Horrific, dude. Like, <laughs> literally two out of three weeks, he's not even cracking seven points. Good job. <laughs> Only got to the teens one time this year. Wow, just real dominance right there. Lamar Miller, who has potential, he has potential, mind you, but has only cracked ten points once this year. Um, did he even get a Des Bryant who sucked balls as well? <laughs> I don't think so. Once you can get one blue chip player out of Cody Nelson. <laughs> Yeah, Aaron and he Rod- gave up Jordy Nelson. Yeah, Jordy Nelson is blue chip. Okay, Aaron Rodgers is blue chip. <laughs> These the scrubs that he's getting, they're like, I don't know, two rings down. Even, let, let's say, even if you did do well in the trade against me, which which I don't think that you did, you absolutely just were laid on the floor and jizzed on by Eric in, in the next deal, so. Oh, my God. Um, that being said, I think it's my bedtime. Okay. <laughs> Alright. Have a good, good night. We have a segment called Shamaya Bad Trade Proposal of the Week. But this isn't just a bad trade proposal. This conversation I had with Shamaya, where I was trying to get some content for this segment, was really indicative of the direction of this league, and it's going in a direction I don't like. Shemaya sends me, when you're ready, let's talk trade. I don't respond. Shemaya says, with Ty Montgomery's health, questionable, and with your wide receiver need, I definitely think we can find a mutually beneficial trade. If there is a trade on your mind, that pop, or is there a trade that pops on your mind? Okay. He's trying to set some context. He's trying to explain to me what's going on in the fantasy football world. Like, I don't know I need wide receiver help. Like, I don't know Ty Montgomery's health is questionable. I respond, propose something. And touchdown dependent for me. So I say, propose something. Shemai says, do you like Carlos Hyde? Or Jay Ajayi better? Two of my top running backs. I say, propose something. Shemai says, Jay Ajayi, I trade Jay Ajayi 
And in return, I receive Al Sean Jeffrey. If you don't know what that means in terms of fantasy football value, you don't deserve to be listening to this podcast. I respond, if you're not going to take this seriously, then I don't want to waste my time talking. Don't try to oversell or undersell. Just get straight to the point. Shemai says, if you're taking this seriously, why don't you make an offer? I didn't respond this, but I'm thinking, because you started the trade talk, Shemaya. Shemai says, I'm taking this very seriously. Ajayi stunk it up against the worst defense in the NFL and is on an offense that if not for a last drive, garbage time TD last week would have gone scoreless in two straight games. I wasn't giving a disrespectful offer in my eyes. I say, okay, we obviously have completely different perspectives. I'm here. You were the one who proposed the trade. You were the one who started trade talks. That means you do need to trade. I'm, I wasn't starting this. Then Shemai says, if you're going to play it like that, not offering anything. I never wanted to offer anything. You started this. Never not offering anything and making this a one-sided dialogue. That's not what if like to do. That's not what if like to do. I think he meant to write what I like to do. Well, you started this, Shemai. I, I don't know where, where we're wrong here. Shemai says, here's the kicker. I really want to have an open and honest dialogue. Shemaya, I wanted to have an open and honest dialogue with Elise Megan and Mahon when I want to walk through the you know orange grove with her holding her hand. I wanted to have an open and honest dialogue in sixth grade when I was kind of dating Alexa Freeman and we were walking back to our you know mom's cars. I want to have an open and honest dialogue when, you know, I'm talking to a Buddhist in, you know, some meditation garden. You're talking about fantasy football trade with your boys? Open and honest dialogue? As Sharf told me in private, it is the ultimate snowflake move. He then goes to say, I think there's a good trade to be made. I say, look, I don't need a trade. I'm not in a desperate place. If someone wants to trade with me, I'll hear it out. But I'm fine this season not making one trade. I'm not too cool to trade. I'm not going to trade for the sake of making a trade. I don't currently see a good trade between us. If you do, I'd love to hear it. Shemaya says, this isn't a talk of trade for the sake of trade. I'm looking at a team with a lot of good running backs that is lacking wide receivers and a team that has, meaning my team, and a team that has a lot of good wide receivers that is lacking running backs, his team, and saying, gosh, if only there was a way to make both these teams better. Shemai, you're sitting there saying, how can I make Larry's team better? What the fuck is this? If you if you're looking at it that you don't need to improve your wide receivers, uh, my wide receivers are pretty good. So then maybe there isn't a good trade between us. I said, yeah, 
except you're trying to trade your flex. Alshon Jeffries a flex for my running back one. And you know that's screwing me. Shemai says, I know you make up your own mind, but if you watch the video of Ajayi in ESPN, Barry and Yates, consider him a low RBN, RB2. I said, look, I was thinking, look, Shemai is just going to argue and argue and try to make convince me that Jay Jai sucks. So I'm just going to offer him trade. I said, starting point. If you want to do Antonio Brown and Ty Montgomery for Jay Jai and Chris Hogan, that would be a starting point. But don't try to fuck me. Shemai responds, wow, we're so ridiculously far off. Let's forget we ever started talking trade. In all serious, I love you, man. I don't think I was trying to... I don't think that I was trying to fuck you. That's just what I considered that particular RB. I said, I love you too, Shamaya, but you're never going to make a trade. You're never going to make a trade in this league if you base value off Matthew Barry and the past four weeks of data. Technically, Chris Hogan has been more consistent and valuable than Antonio Bryant. Technically, you have one of the best RB duos in the league of Ty Montgomery and Leonard Fournette. Technically, you should be dropping Dog Baldwin for Devin Funches right now. But you know that none of that is true because you're neglecting future value and trying to sell high on players who started strong, and it makes everyone who you reach out to feel like you think they're stupid. This was the turning point. When I said, you make everyone think that you think they're stupid, he said, I totally agree that basing trade value only off rank." So far is ridiculous and stupid. There are a ton of there are a lot of other factors involved. However, basing my value on the logic of a very successful fantasy football analyst when he makes logical arguments that I agree with isn't stupid in my opinion. In my honest opinion, Alshon has not started out strong. He faced probably the hardest matchups of any wide receiver this year, Norman Peters and Jenkins and Hayward. First of all, Casey Hayward is not an elite cornerback. He fucking sucks. Fuck you, Casey. But anyways, and Alshon has still managed to be 12th overall so far. If I was trying to sell high, I would talk about Devontae Parker. However, Alshon hasn't nearly shown his potential yet. On the other side, Ajaya has faced great matchups and scored some blah, 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 blah. He then sends you a Matthew Barry thing. I said, look, all I'm saying is there's a reason people aren't engaging in serious trade talks with you. Your proposals seem very one-sided right off the bat. Now Shemaya starts to get defensive. Now it got personal. I have approached four teams so far to trade, he says. Eric might present it as if I was sending him ridiculous offers, but actually I send him, I can send you a messaging where not one offer made by me was considered ridiculous at the end. And we had a trade that he agreed to. And we both backed out in the last, oh, we both backed out in the last minute. Oh, we both decided to break up with each other. Yeah, that's bullshit. Me and Bulo were also in serious trade talks, and we left the, an offer on the table. So every trade talk you have, the offer gets left on the table. Hmm. If it smells like shit in every trade talk you're in, think about that. The other two are you and Gabe. When Gabe thought Austin Hooper was the shit. Yeah, Gabe, fuck you. Austin Hooper's not the shit. He scored one long touchdown. I said, look, that's all cool. I'm in like four to five trade talks right now, too. Completely false. 
but I'm not going to take it seriously when you go Alshon for a giant right off the bat. No response. Then he says, Just want to say that this preaching attitude you're giving me is sort of hurtful. You don't like a trade offer I made and are going off of Eric making a comment on him thinking I offer ridiculous things, which he obviously doesn't feel that way. And you're taking it to a place of it makes everyone who you reach out to feel like you think they're stupid. The fact that you didn't like that specific offer when I explained it to you, my exact rationale, and offered something that, in my opinion, is the definition of trying to sell high on players who started strong, Chris Hogan and Ajayi for Brown and Montgomery. Honestly, that just annoys me. That is funny. I, I just railed him for trying to sell high, and then I said, uh, and then I said Ajayi and Hogan for Antonio Brown and Montgomery. Don't like a trade offer. That's fine. But you're generalizing and saying it makes you, and saying that it makes everyone who you reach out to feel like they're stupid is really hurtful. I don't need a lecture on trading. I think I do it just fine and others believe so as well. You can clearly see that Eric really, quote, loves the way I talk trade, in parentheses, sent three weeks ago. We We are taking some time out of our busy schedules to talk trade, and you saying things like you have and questioning how serious I'm being again no other word but hurtful the only reason I'm saying all of this is not because I am trying to stick it to you it is because we have a very wait for it open and honest relationship and I was surprised by the things you wrote that's all so I was like okay Shamaya is taking this shit way too seriously. I'm just fucking around. I'm just, yo, yo. Jake texts me, let, let, let's pull up. Jake texts me, you want to trade? And I just send him gifs of myself. You know, you know what, 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 what I say specifically to Jake, because I, I need to pull this up. Jake says, He, he wants a trade. I say, come back to me when you have an offer worth looking at. And uh, Jake says, oh, you're really throwing your season away. I said, oh, shit, I'm throwing my season away? I didn't realize I was not that close to Armageddon. Please trade me, please. Obviously fucking with him. And I said, you're wasting both our time. Everyone, I don't know why. Everyone gets mad at me when I tell them they're wasting both of our time. And then they tell me I'm wasting our time when they're the one that texts them. So then I started sending gifs of myself. But anyways, as Sharp was saying before, this is a manifestation of the liberal PC snowflake culture that is disseminating among our fantasy people. We don't trade talk. So I'd say 2% of the time we trade talk to make a trade. 98% of the time we trade talk to fuck with each other. I've never heard the word open and honest relationship and fantasy football used in the same context, let alone, you know, the same month. So, I called Shamaya after this, I explained to him I was fucking with him, he's like, and then, I think he did the most anti-Semitic thing possible, he said, oh, I haven't been fucking around ever, so I forgot what that's like. It's the Israeli army, it's so serious here. Yeah, blame Israel for your problems. 
blame the Jews for your problems in my app. We're in a Jewish league, and if you don't feel comfortable with that, I would get out. But don't start blaming stuff on the Jews when it's kind of like a, a, we're dealing with personal... No, I want to have an open relationship with you where I can share and be vulnerable. And then when you make comments like, oh, it's Israel's fault. Oh, it's the Israeli army's fault. It's too serious here. I don't fuck around. Don't blame the Jews. And that is your Shamaya Bad Trade of the Week. Now, going on to... We got to finish this up. It's been a long episode today. Um, wow, I'm, I've been recording for two hours and fifteen minutes. This file's already two point one seven gigs. Um, so now we're going to our latest segment, pickup of the week. So let's go through the transaction list and just kind of see what pickups are there. We got um, Shamaya, speak of the devil. Um, picked up Latavius Murray for $567, very specific amount, um, about 160 more than the next bid. Um, we got Sharf picking up Alex Collins for $300, and Collins was not uh, put on waivers by any other team. AKA Sharf could have got Alex Collins for zero dollars and he got him for three hundred. When Bulow probably got the actual or when Bulow got JD McKissick, a possible Seattle starter for zero dollars. Um, we got Shamaya picking up Deshaun Watson for thirty-six, no other bids on Deshaun. Surprisingly, kicker Greg Zurline. Had three bids. Sloan won out on him with $8. Um, I came away with $6, the winners of the Wilf uh, Fuller Lottery. Um, but the pick of the week, uh, no one's hooked up with anyone this week, unless Jake is hiding another Alexa Christensen fling from me. Um, so I just want to give a shout-out to kind of the hookups of old, the Sharf and Indias of the world. The Jake and Aaron. The um, Jose and Talia Cooper. The Shamaya and Talia Cooper. Well, that never happened, but it should my his fantasy. Sorry I'm shitting on you so much, Shamaya. This is just a Shamaya episode. Um, Sloan? I, I wonder when... Sloan, tweet at me when your first hookup was. I, I actually don't know, which is kind of embarrassing for me. Um... Gabe, I also don't know when your first hookup was. Tweet at me. Um, we have Adam Scharf and that one older girl from Ramon. We have Eric and Carly Berger. Who remembers that? Throwback to Carly Berger for Eric. How's she doing? Um, we got Bulow and Gracie Mintz. The big grace, the crazy girl that he she broke up with him. We told her she was horrible, and then they got right back together. And then I ended up hooking up in her bed as revenge. I don't know how that's revenge. Alex? I don't know when your first hookup was, Alex. Uh, let me know in the comments. Um, 
but remember that time you made that song with Joey to apologize and you guys were very serious about it? That was funny. And, of course, we gotta have, uh, to cap it all off, the Adam Sharp Tweet of the Week. Everything is awful, but hashtag take a knee might just close a tax loophole at NFL. I don't even know what that means. Taking a knee. And Sharp subtweeting uh, the place he works for, Freedom Works. Taking a knee might just close the tax loophole. I don't have enough conservative friends to understand the humor there. Um, I take pride in Sharp as my token. Um, but yeah, Sharp Tweet of the Week. Thank you guys for listening in. We'll be back at you with Eric as promised next week. Uh, and I hope everyone. No. I hope half of you win your games this week. I, I have never played baseball in my life. San Diego Jewish Academy, though, they don't give a shit about that. They'll take anyone. So I'm on the varsity team. Day one, San Diego Jewish Academy, opening day. Got a nice-ass uniform, got a nice-ass field. And I don't know if uh, Beal told me, but our facilities are nice. I don't go in until probably the, the eighth inning. Um, and the whole game, you know, we're probably up by two, up by one. And I keep going, come on, guys, we're still in this, like – we got this, like, like just being like a total fool, and my coach got really mad at me. Um, but anyways, I, I was the spirit of the dugout. But anyways, they put me in eighth, eighth inning. I don't know why they put me in, but um, they, they put me in at, at right field um, in the eighth inning. It was a tied game. Thank God they didn't hit the ball to me because I would have hurt myself in the outfield. But they ended up scoring that inning. Um, and then in the ninth inning, they go, we go out, they don't hit it to me and I'm pissing my pants every single pitch. Cause I don't know what to do if they hit the ball to me. Now I do. But like at the time it was my first game. I barely had any practice. So I go up to bat one run down, um, with, uh, two outs. Josh Lurie's up to bat bottom of the ninth down run down one runner on third. I'm shaking in my boots. And and to give you some context, the Friday practice before they brought in like a middle school team who was like a a good traveling middle school team. And the pitchers practiced on me and I didn't get a hit off of them just because they're like, okay, we'll put Lurie out there because they want someone to practice on. Middle schoolers. Um, (laughs) That's where I am in terms of – Freshman? Huh? Sophomore. Sophomore. This is your first year. Yeah, it's the first year. Jonathan Lazare, man on third, he's team captain. I go up, wild pitch, or not wild pitch, he, he threw a pitch, fastest pitch I feel like I've ever seen in my life, but it probably wasn't at all. But I take a big hack. I just swung at that thing. I don't know if I was late early, but I just completely missed it. Strike one. I look at the batting coach, and he's signaling to me, like, just don't swing. So I'm like, okay. 
<laughs> so there, so I'm literally just gonna stand there and take a pitch uh, for for pitch two, and it's a ball. I'm like, wow, this works. Go back to the go back to the coach. T- take the pitch. I'm like, okay. So I took pitch number three, another ball. I go back to the coach. He said, take the pitch. I step at the bass box. I'm like, baseball's not that hard. Another ball. So this is a 3-1 count right now, and I've done nothing. And I'm like, wow, baseball is not hard at all. You just need to stand there. I go back, and I'm like, he's like, take the pitch. I'm like, of of course. So I go there, and it's another ball. I'm on first base, my first game. Lurie fucking did it. He got a walk, two outs, with a big hitter up after him because I'm obviously the the last batter. Um, I'm, I'm ninth in order. So, so, uh, so, I mean, obviously, so I'm on first, there's a man on third, we have two outs, down by one in our season opener in front of Trevor Hoffman. So I got on first, I'm hyped, the dugout's going nuts that I got on first. So, so I'm talking to the first baseman, because I always like to make conversation, like tonight I I played uh, uh, intramural basketball and someone's like, I got the guy with the blue shirt, I'm like, I have a fucking name. And then I learned his name and, and I talked with him all game. But, so I, I do that in sports. So I'm like, first base, I was like, oh, how long have you been playing baseball? Uh, strike one. I'm like, and he's like, oh, um, I don't know, like, like since middle school, I was like, oh, shit, like this is my first game. He's like, really? That's crazy. Um, and then the pitcher gets in his stance again. And obviously, as you know, in baseball, you need to lead off the bag. So I start inching off the bag. And then I see the back foot caught, get off the mound. And I'm like, I literally spent two days just sliding back to first. I can do this, Larry. You know when the foot goes off the bag, you slide back to first because they're going to throw you out. Two outs, bottom ninth, Trevor Hoffman on looking. I, what, I feel like I closed my eyes, but I just kind of turned and dove at the bag, touched it. I feel a glove on me, and then I hear, safe. And I'm like, holy shit, I did it. I didn't get picked off. My God, I'm like – and the dugout, I've never heard a louder roar in baseball in my life. They're like, Larry, let's go. I'm hyped. I'm hyped. So I get on my knee. I stand up and then I get tapped. <laughs> I, I, I took my foot off the base and I got tagged to end the game. Uh, hey, it happened to the Yankees the other day. And to, to end the game? No, it wasn't that stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I was like, I was like, you should have put a pinch runner for me. And then he took his, took his foot off. No, yeah, dude, to end the, the fucking game. Same idea. The guy was on. He was safe, and then he just took his foot That's off. That's why I'm never going to tell in baseball. He just took his foot off for like a half second. The first, yeah. the first baseman's probably like, "Oh shit, is this guy's first game? He doesn't know anything." Yeah, they probably do that. <laughs> Oh yeah. my god! Uh, so 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 the guy called me out. Everyone, no one's looking at me, obviously, because I they thought I was safe. So they look back at you know the the you know climactic at bat, and they're like, "Wait, what?" Larry got out. Everyone's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> I literally just had to stand there. <laughs>